It's not going to happen quick. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And I promise you, even when you achieve your dream, it's not going to be as amazing as you think. Uh, so fall in love with the daily the disciplines, the process. I'm telling you, achieving your dreams is not the amazing feeling. The amazing feeling was the journey. Somehow it's March and it's the very first uh, podcast episode and conversation we're having in the new year, 2022. Uh, Paul and I had agreed we were going to have this conversation in January and somehow just life happened and and things kept getting moved for, for reasons uh, that were necessary. Paul, thanks for your patience. Uh, really glad we're together today. And folks, look, I've got an incredible conversation that's going to happen today. Paul Davis, uh, Michigan, Michigan son, Rochester, went to Michigan State, played for Coach Izzo, incredible uh, basketball career as a Spartan, went into the NBA second round, landed with the Clippers a number of years in the NBA, then went out uh, to Spain and mm-hmm. Russia played uh, a decade, six playing years, surgeries, six Six surgeries during his 10 playing years, one before he even got to college, a seventh. Uh, you talk about a guy that's been through some adversity, incredible life story, incredible ecosystem of friends, of advocates, of people that love him, and now uh, serving as the managing partner over Podium Risk Management, a national financial practice serving athletes, entertainers, small business owners, and C-level executives. Paul, welcome to the conversation. Appreciate you having me. And uh, as a former Spartan, you know, March is a a great month for us. So I'm glad that we're doing it uh, at at this time. (laughs) Let's, you know, you know the drill for all of our guests. And I'm not, uh, obviously I've had some of your teammates on and and some of the guys that are closest in your life to you today. Uh, You know the four questions I'm going to ask you, but I can't even get into those without talking about what just happened a few days ago. Tell me about how special it is to see Coach Izzo at another unbelievable notch to hit the legacy of his championship belt. Yeah, I mean, I remember we celebrated 200 wins when I was there. I forget which year. Um, and that was like a milestone. Dinosaur. And, uh, no, yeah, definitely. And... You know, I think a, a number doesn't mean much, but when you realize that you passed Bobby Knight, then okay, now now we're now we're talking about something a little different. And um, you know, I think I th- be curious that when co- whenever coach is done, he looks back and okay, from when he got into coaching to looking back now, what uh, you know, what's your perspective? Because his first or second year, he, he, you know, he may have been let go. And then Mateen Cleaves and that group said, hey, uh, we got you. And the rest is history. Yeah, what, just what an incredible story. I've loved watching it. I mean, uh, as you know, when, when Samantha and I moved here with Ava and Atlas, Atlas immediately declared his unflinching loyalty and commitment to being a Spartan someday. And uh, whether it's playing for Coach Izzo or, <laughs> or Coach Tucker now, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing amazing to see uh not just the fanaticism uh behind coach Izzo and the legacy he's created but i i think just the absolute love for a man like that right and and people like you know they use that word loosely but when you when you talk about him with people that know him i mean they're they light up they smile there's warmth i mean there's absolute love in who that man is and it's been really great yeah, it's interesting that, you know, it's him and Bobby Knight because I think Bobby Knight and Izzo obviously wear their emotions on their sleeve during a game. And I think you have to. And um, I don't like that in society now that's kind of going away. But uh, the difference between the two of them, Coach Izzo would sit with you for hours and hours and hours at night while his family came home. They ate, they went to bed, but he was sitting with me in his basement just trying to help me figure out how to be better and kind of where where I'm at. And 
doing that, that gives him the permission to get after us on the court. And so that's the one thing that people don't see. They just see, you know, two hours, a couple times a week. Um, coaches earn the right from the players to get after us. So, um, I mean, you have a very small window of time in somebody's life to change what's going to happen next. And if you're not on us every day, I mean, 18-year-old kids, you know, you could derail where you want to go in your dreams. And so that, you know, coach, even though he he recruits for MSU, he coaches for after. I mean, it's it just I've, I re- realized it more after I've been, you know, removed for so long. That's great. I appreciate you sharing that. I know you have a special relationship and um, let, let's get to uh, the the uh, the basics of starting the conversation today. I've got to ask you, what's your favorite color? Uh, strange enough, it, even though it was before I got here, it's navy blue. <laughs> I, I promise it's been my color for a long time, not just since I started here. <laughs> Thank you for saying blue, as everybody knows, that's my favorite color. Uh, and it's highly encouraged in a firm. Yep. Doing as long as it doesn't have maize accompanied with it, you know, we're good. Yeah. Uh, second, what's your favorite afternoon snack? Anything that is uh, gummy bear related. Not a huge chocolate, but literally anything gummy you might find it in all corners of my house love it favorite childhood superhero uh ghostbusters or ninja turtles i don't know if they're superheroes but um i was never batman or superman is either ghostbusters or ninja turtles (laughs) that is the first time either of those have been mentioned in like a hundred conversations i love it okay last one and i added this in q4 of last year Favorite, favorite musician, soundtrack, or song? Oh, good question. Um, You know, if I had to point to it, so might be the first time you hear it too. uh, Hans Zimmer is the, the best soundtrack, movie soundtrack composer, Interstellar, Inception. Um, So... Even though that doesn't get me hyped, that kind of puts me in a, in a good place. Um, but if I need to just re- get my mind back, anything 90s rap, um, the stuff that's out there today, I think is terrible. <laughs> I, I love it. Samantha and I, um, um, <clears throat> and a lot of people who know us for, for, for significant reasons, uh, we've been delayed in celebrating a lot of different things uh, at the beginning of this year. In this past weekend on Saturday, as you know, I flew down to meet Samantha in Miami to just have dinner together, kind of like a a late Valentine's Day uh, moment between husband and wife. And and I'm laughing because she found a radio station in Miami, 92.7, and there was not a song in the 36 hours I was in Miami that I did not love. And it was like straight, straight 90s rap. It was incredible. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, just post-basketball career, it's that. But uh, before games, I mean, I would listen to techno and, you know, that get, that would get you amped up. But it's hard to kind of relax through life with uh, with techno. So 90s rap or movie soundtrack music. Well, and as everybody knows, I'm always going to do my shameless plug for Cypress Hill, who I think dropped the greatest track ever in 2000 rock su- and, and had rock superstar in that. And I just think that's uh, it's it's like a, 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 a song for dreamers. And um, uh, I just absolutely love it. And I'm just always shamelessly going to plug them. And I hope people keep buying their tracks because of that. Um <clears throat> Let's go back to uh, a, a theme that I think is relevant uh, in the relationship that you had with Coach Izzo. And, and, and that theme is consistently being willing to do the work that it takes to overcome adversity. Okay. And, and I know with all of the records that he's setting in his achievements, you know, every season that goes by, there's a new, there's a new notch on the belt, if you will. Um, but it takes failing. It takes losing. It takes dealing with unexpected adversity 
to continue to be able to win. Right. And I think every every person who's achieved a lot in life has acknowledged the value of failure, the value of adversity in in the things that they've achieved. Six surgeries, five on your right knee, one back surgery because of the rehab. Yep. And all of those occurring once you went pro. I mean, talk to me about what that was like. You know, <clears throat> who did you tap into to help you win the war in the mind about just coming back every time? Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the first one, um, my second year with the Clippers, um, Elton Brand tore his Achilles in the preseason. My opportunity comes, which those do come in the NBA. You just have to be ready and healthy. And two weeks into the season, tore my ACL, herniated a disc in my back during the rehab. And um, that was really my first time ever dealing with a major injury. Um, coming back from that, you know, being in the NBA and having a goal of playing still, um, that helped me. When I went to um, when I went to Europe, I started having swelling, and then every year for four years in Moscow, um, I had a, a different surgery. The probably the toughest time in my career was when I was in the D League in between NBA and Europe. I had a concussion that I needed to literally stay in my hotel for two weeks with the lights off and. I blew through my first rookie contract and I couldn't pay my car car bill. Um, somehow in Portland, Maine, in a Marriott for two weeks, like that's where I found my my drive, just my relentless uh, ability to okay, what do I got to do tomorrow? Let's not worry about what happened yesterday or the what's going to happen uh, the next day. Um, what can I control today? Because I can't control all this stuff happening. Um, I think that's where that really set me up for life to, you're going to have adversity. I mean, if you're doing anything substantial, there's probably other people out there doing it. You're going to run into some adversity competition. Um, but only thing we can do is control what we can. Um, and as simple as that sounds, that, that helped me because I had a goal of, winning the European championship um, after taking out three huge pieces of debris from my knee. Dr. James Andrews, one of the best in the world, saying you might be able to play again. Uh, that next season, we won the Euro Cup championship, and I, I led the finals in every major statistical category. Um, and then I got to play one more year, even though I tore a different muscle every year my final year. And then you get to the end and retire your dreams, and you're like, well, where's the celebrate? Where is everybody? And then that lesson was success is a journey, not a destination. And so I would have never been the man I am today, accomplished what I, I have and hopefully will without going through just the worst times, uh, you know, in my life. Obviously, I'm very blessed to be able to do a lot of things, but I'll, I don't think people realize how good or how far they can go unless they just they're in a bad spot because it's what they say rock bottom is a hell of a jumping off point yeah and and um re remind planet earth how old you are right now 37 yeah i mean I'm like, I'm like you know there there are 50 year olds getting their shit together in business and yeah. and i think um, that is that is one of the reasons. And, and look, people know that we're close and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to everybody that I talk to on our podcast. Right. That's that's what I think keeps our our podcast pretty special. And the conversation is unique is that, you know, we're not bringing on strangers, but but how intimately I've gotten to know you. I'm like, I just have not come across many people in your age group that not only are this unflinchingly committed to greatness you know samantha talked to me this morning and last night she's like hey why don't you just be great instead of fumbling instead of making the mistake consistently like why don't you just choose to never make that mistake again and be great be great and and i've met very few people uh your age 
that just have had a life of consistently overcoming adversity with the commitment that like, look, I'm just going to do some really dope, great shit. It's going to be awesome. And that's what I'm going to be about. That's what my life story is going to be about. And uh, like, I mean, I just got to tip my hat to you, right? Yeah, I think uh, I appreciate that. And it, uh, you know, I think we come from similar backgrounds with our relationship to our father. I mean, that I think that creates a baseline. You know, my dad uh, wanted to be a pilot his whole life, took himself down to Florida, Embry-Riddle, didn't have money um, for the school, slept on the floor of his apartment, ate uh, saltines and mustard for a week, ended up in the hospital. Um, but when he graduated a year later, they asked him to be a professor. I mean, could you imagine Michigan State a graduate now being asked to be a professor there? And so that kind of gave me the, okay, that, that's what it means to follow your dreams. Like, mm-hmm. screw everybody and anything else. Um, only you have control over continuing down that path. Uh, that prepared me for Coach Izzo, who taught me every single thing you do has to be 100%. And attention to detail is bigger than attention to the big things. Um, and so I think with Coach Izzo, where it was – almost every minute of every day, focus, intensity, discipline, and just you put everything you've got into it, that's really all you can ask for. And so just having those two individuals in my life early on, I mean, it's pretty unique and special. Um, I think that's helped. But then, I mean, I've been able to play basketball every major city in the world, see different cultures. And so that perspective also has allowed me to understand or no matter how bad things are, um, things are pretty good, uh, but not take things for granted either. And so that's that's something I need to get better at. Um, but the one thing is, you know, I believe people shouldn't shy away from adversity because everything we want is on the other side of it. Yeah. So uh, let, let's say on this for a second. So I, I think about um well, what you're making me think about is uh, the father-son relationship that is so critical, you know, in this world, right? And in this life and and uh, what, what that looks like, the strength of that, uh, the values, the lessons, uh, the character that's created through that relationship. Um, you're first of all, you're absolutely right that uh, uh, there are similarities in uh, the relationship I have with my father who's recently passed uh, and in what I hear of Mr. Davis and and it's it's what allows me to feel as if I know him even though I don't mm-hmm. you know um, you know meeting a few times but it feels like I know who he is because of that you're not a father yet but I am <clears throat> and you know my son runs around in little Paul Davis uniforms all the time swearing mm-hmm. that you know, he's either going to play for coaches or Coach Tucker. And, um, yeah, Coach Tucker, I just wanted to put Atlas Amesco on your radar. Detroit Country Day football, sixth grade. Yeah, I'd be, um, uh, I'd be surprised if Izzo is still coaching 10 years from now. But <laughs> never know. You Hey, maybe Steve's going to take over. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe Steve's going to get into true. coaching. Uh, but what are the – what do you think are the one or two lessons that – when you have your version of Atlas, that you're going to ensure your son takes away as the legacy from his father? I think first and foremost, outside of what you do, it's um, just what kind of person are you are in society? You know, please, thank you. Um, you know, my dad is very reserved person, just like me, and um, he. He's the most ethical, honest. I mean, my father's. Nobody will ever have a, a bad word to say about him because he's a he's a good person. You're not going to know he's in a room, but um, he's he's going to do whatever it takes for his family to be successful, live a good life. Doesn't mean a rich life, but um, you know he's not going to shower my my mother with flowers but he'll make sure that she's got gas when she's going on a road trip he'll go to the gas station at 5 a.m um in 
in career or sport, they didn't push me towards a sport or whatever. But whatever I picked, okay, you, you need to be great at it. You need to put the work in. And so I think that's what I'll take is my son or daughter can do whatever they want. But if they pick something, you're not going to do it half-ass. And unfortunately for my future son or daughter, daddy knows what it takes to be successful at that level. And so that's what I'm going to hold them accountable because how they do one thing is going to be how they do everything. And so whether I'm I'm with them for 60 years of their life or uh, six years, uh, I need them to know how to be a great person in society. And then what does it take if you choose to do something? How are you going to do it? Because there's a lot of people that are doing mediocre, mediocre things in the world that they think that they're doing amazing things. Um, but we can always do more, whether it's for people or, or, you know, for ourselves. And so I think those two, two things are going to be the takeaway is being an upsta- <coughs> upstanding member of society. And then whatever you do, you work and practice to be the best. Yeah. So in, uh, you're making me think of a couple other things. And I keep going down these rabbit holes, even though I have a few notes. Uh, I do want to stick to a, a couple things that I wanted to discuss while we're together. But you just made me think of the difference between people who say they want something and people who look at a situation and say, I must have that. And um, I'm consistently reminded of my 21 year relationship with Samantha and the fact that she will visualize something and say, this is, what I will work towards and this is what will happen and it happens and I'm blown away by it I'm blown away at the difference between people who communicate with I want that versus I must have it and so it will happen a lot of what you've achieved in life is a reflection of that even the way you communicate right is speaking about the significance of a micro win Getting the small wins creates the big wins, even about speaking about accountability and overcoming adversity. A lot of that is reflected in how you communicate. Talk to me about where you're at now in your professional life, heading up a successful national planning team, focus on risk management planning, why did that happen? How did that happen? How do you see that? Because I'm going to the one thing you say all the time, which is I'm going to set records, not goals. Yeah, it, uh, well, I, I tell the story anytime people ask. And the biggest reason I got into the profession is the relationship I could see you and I having. Because um, I like we're talking about, I uh, I don't do anything small or do anything not at a crazy uh, level. And I could see that from our first conversation. Um, I achieved my dreams. I did what I wanted to do in life by 32. So it's not like I had an idea of what else I wanted to do. But knowing if there's an individual where, okay, I can kind of see what what they want to build, whatever it is, I'm going to be successful. So I had no clue it was going to be insurance or risk management when I was a kid, but it's really it, it's really having the ability to um, control your success or failure. You could hit the ground running day one without ever having a ceiling, and having an amazing network is a big part of it. So the relationship um, – I, I saw myself and us having what you're building here with culture. It spoke to me more as transitioning from a locker room, a team. Um, and to be honest, that's really the main reason I got into it. And now being in it, being in it a little over three years, I mean, when someone's trusting you with when they're gone, their family's going to be dealing with you. Uh, you know, that's something that can't be taught. I take that very, very seriously. Um, and so that's what's going to keep me in it until I officially, officially retire for the second time. Um, but going back to what you said about, you know, Samantha saying I must have that or do that. Everybody wants, everybody wants to win the game. Everybody wants to be successful. So I, I don't care. That doesn't matter. Um, 
what do you want, but what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do the next day? What's your plan? What's going to be your work ethic? And I think now with this Amazon, everything being really so easy for people, even just subconsciously to obtain, um, it's taking out that work ethic or that mindset for a lot of things. Like if something's hard, well, eh, then I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Nothing's hard anymore for any, a lot of people. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be good or bad for society, but um, like I said, in a locker room before a game, everybody wants to win. Well, who's going to do, who's going to do the work? Yeah. You know, you just, um, and, and maybe we can chew on this for a second. It uh, just kind of not even intentional, but you made me think about, a phrase that I often have in my mind that I probably don't share as often as I should, but, uh, you know, convenience is the enemy to aspirations and grinding. Yep. You know, there's, there's just so much opportunity for convenience that instead of using convenience as a lover to say, okay, because I'm going to make grocery shopping easy, therefore I will work out. I will work harder at my dreams. I will invest more time in serving my clients better. People choose convenience and then binging on Netflix. Yeah. Talk to me about what you think when I say that. I think if you're, I don't know if it's it's good for society or, you know, history will tell, but I think it's great that we've had these advancements where I think, you know, I want something, I press a button and a day later it's here. Um, if someone wins a lottery, they have money, but are they fulfilled? They didn't do anything to work for it. It was just convenient. So there's... You know, it's almost like we're being desensitized to when we have or get to somewhere, are we that fulfilled because it, there just wasn't any, maybe any work to do that. If I want to see a waterfall in Hawaii, I can go on, you know, Snapchat or something and just, I can see it, you know, even though it's not being there. Um but over time, so many easy things and accomplishing, well, it's going to that's going to be your mentality. That's going to be your subconscious that now when something's hard, well, okay, I just won't do that. Um, and it takes away the ambition. Like you said, it's, it's um, as up and down as my career was. I mean, I felt accomplished in this career. Now I, I, I don't know how to build something the industry has never seen but i guarantee you we're doing it we're trying to do it every day and it's the um you know it's the comfort zone i mean nobody can grow if they're comfortable <clears throat> i heard a, a motivational video it said like lobsters um they go through when they grow then they break their shell they go through immense pain but it's going through that to you know become a, a you know a bigger lobster adult lobster if there's a but they have to go through that shedding they're shedding their comfort zone and so if you never do that then you might you might think within your box you're successful or um, you've, you've achieved what you want but that that might be false I mean look at anybody who's accomplished things that the whole world looks up to I mean Elon Musk made 120 million and he needed to borrow money for rent because he put it all into his companies. He slept at his office when he was building PayPal and now he's going to take the world to, you know, mm -hmm. humanity to Mars. Uh, two rockets blew up on global TV um, before his third one finally didn't blow up. Um, I mean, I, I relate to him, even though I'm not taking anybody to Mars, just, doesn't matter like i'm gonna do this this is what i want to do and i'm gonna do it and i don't think it's the i don't think it's the destination or achieving hey we 
we built a great company because a lot of people have great companies, but the fulfillment and the impact on either your family, your friends, your community or the world, um, I mean, whether it's one person or a billion, that's what that's what we should do. We're only here for so long. Um, I always think about if if your life was a story, you know, who who's going to read it? And that's what I want to do is I want somebody to read my story. And if I can change someone's view of the world and okay i need to be doing more maybe for the community or charity which Mm -hmm. i think everybody should um i'm not going to know if it happens or if if it doesn't but i know that's the only path i know to be successful and fulfilled and so whatever it may be whether it's working 48 hours straight learning this new industry or um you know getting up a little earlier than I can control that. What do you, um, aside from coming into our industry and, 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 you know, finding success very quickly in it, um, which uh, again, you know, it's, it's easy to be excited about something you're good at. Right. But you weren't good at it in day one. And the fact that you're good at it, you know, two years in, um, I, I have to think there's something about what you saw about our industry that kept you committed after having a successful career in basketball and then not being great at it early on. What, what about our business? What the why, the purpose? You know, what's the vision? What's wh- what is it that has Paul Davis? Um, so proudly leading and serving podium risk management nationally? I mean, the simple answer is um, the world or uh, the U.S. population needs it, whether they know it or not. I mean, I didn't know anything about it until I walked through the doors. About what? Insurance and what it can do, not only for your loved ones if you're not here, but also for you and your loved ones while you're here. Um, I think it gets a bad rap because of people in our industry the last 50 years. And so my goal is to change people how they look at our industry. Um, and it's from an educational and I, 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 don't, I think I suck every single day. I mean, that's the beauty of there's just always going to be more to learn. And um, I think the day that I walk in the office and say, I know everything give you permission to hit me in the face but it's the attention to detail is what you know through basketball is what i just i loved if we don't have attention to detail in this industry somebody may suffer because we didn't do the job right Mm -hmm. that is a huge responsibility um it that's one thing that even if it's just very very simple cut and dry uh work or policy with with a a client i mean to that client's family that's everything Mm -hmm. and so we get to reset every single day on the ability to impact others it's not like we did we had a good year and now we're going to coast no we get to potentially change lives or legacy every single day whether the clients know that's what's going on or not um we now get to help them control life's uncontrollable events we're never going to you know their business legacy or their family what they pass down to their children um but we can help them pass down a legacy but the bi- financial legacy but the biggest thing is we're giving them the ability to control life's uncontrollable events we talked about <clears throat> being able, you know just focusing on what we can control well <clears throat> i view what we do is your jobs to control everything you can will help you control the uncontrollable events in life and what that creates is peace of mind and you go through peace you go through life with peace of mind i mean that's priceless and working with athletes, entertainers, business owners, and executives, we're all the same. 
there's a very, very short window to build our brand, to put everything into it, and it could be over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And when those individuals reach the podium, we're going to help keep them there because we know what it takes to get to the podium. It, not everybody gets to step on the podium. There's more people mm-hmm. in the crowd looking at a podium than standing. And so I would never want those years or decades of sacrifice because I understand what what sacrifice means and how quickly it could be over. I never want those individuals to have that just kind of be in vain or wasted. We, we get to play a part in someone's legacy, very small part. Um, but I can only imagine the, the feeling when I would deliver the first death claim check. It's just going to reinforce what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But again, how many, how many careers or industry do you get to <clears throat> literally every day potentially have an impact on somebody else's legacy? That's, that's special. Yeah, and you know, and I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think it is a, a, a exceptionally powerful um, to to take a minute on a consistent basis and consider, you know, the impact that we can have through this noble profession, right? And it comes down to it com- comes down to the nobility of the profession. It comes down to understanding the relationship with the five Fs of faith, freedom, family, fitness, and helping families achieve financial security, stability, and success. It's, I mean, you could have an abundance of faith, of gratitude for the freedom in this country, of unflinching loyalty and commitment to your family, and incredible health and physical fitness, but if you lack the financial resources to provide the people you care about the power of choice, it's it could be a really tough reality and a tough a tough quality of life, a tough lifestyle. And you know, you and I discuss that often, which is like, hey, we're in the lifestyle business as much as we're in the planning business. And so, yeah, I think that's really special, and it's it's been special to watch how quickly you've embraced all of that. And uh, it made it a part of, uh, you know, who you are, not just as a professional, but as a human, as you call and advocate on behalf of people. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I I don't know if we even know the impact, but, you know, I think a month or two ago, we looked at our our book and there's 400 million of death benefit out there. I mean, it's potentially a lot of a lot of goals, dreams, aspirations that can happen, even if there's a tragedy. So, um, yeah, you know, the, we, I know we always look at our year in numbers. It's not how much we've done. It's if we haven't hit it, then we haven't impacted our community. Uh, we haven't put GoFundMe out of business, which I, I think yeah, profitable for all the wrong reasons. And, um, but again, that's, that's on us. Uh, our industry is, put the American public in a, a bad spot and hopefully, hey, when it's all said and done, if, if we could change a few hundred people's view of it, then maybe they'll change one or two people that are in their network. And then, yeah. and then you've got um, generations that are passing down more than just family legacy or faith legacy, because you're right. Um, you know, if you have all that, uh, but your your health is not great or you're scraping by it's um it's important but we're all going to live longer i mean we all may be retired just as long as we work so people don't think 40 years down the road that's our job for them so paul when we're together i often i often think about um our friend lauren johnson who gave me the analogy of, you know, being a fountain and not a drain in people's lives, right? And from, from you know, your childhood experiences to overcoming adversity in your professional basketball career to the lessons learned in transitioning into this next chapter in your life as, as a an advocate, a financial advocate for your clients. 
I see you consistently finding time, ways, and resources to be a fountain in people's lives, whether it's through your recent commitments to Michigan State or your board, board service to Fleeson. Thank you. You know, just share with us, you know, your passion for giving back for empowering others, for being an incredible advocate. Share that with us. Where did that come from? Who who inspired you maybe the most as a child or as a young adult? And uh, and what is that one obsession you have right now? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, my, my mother is uh, chairman of the board for Leader Dogs for the Blind. And, you know, family is always, like I said, always, a, I'd say, We've done the right things, um, but I'm not sure where that just, like like you said, just taking time out of a day where I don't have a lot of time um, or mental capacity. And it's just if there's a situation where I have the ability, even if it's, if it, if it's not monetarily, um, I feel like I have the responsibility. Um, the the endowment I set up at Michigan State was it wasn't something that was on my mind but I knew I wanted to impact you know the university in some way and you know it's not a Matt Ishbia gift but my endowment for a uh, either a boy or girl that is going to Michigan State from Oakland County from where I grew up um, the scholarship will go to a non basketball or football student athlete um during covid they had to get rid of the swimming program at msu um i just think hey if this can help one or two kids continue on the dream that you know all the stuff we've talked about um maybe their parents can't afford to pay well here's one or two maybe three or four more i call them kids but if they receive that who knows what they're going to do when they get to be 37 or 47 and then my work with fleece and thank you i mean it's just how, how god works um when i was in los angeles with the clippers i went to la children's hospital to meet some of the kids and they took me to the icu wing um we walked through the doors and just emotion hits me there's 10 beds two rows parents are at each bed with their kid and they said they literally the parents show up every day waiting for their kid to die because their immune system is so bad they can never leave the hospital and so i was like well i took for granted walking on grass kicking a ball and so i said when i'm done i want to i want to do something with kids that are can't leave the hospital six months into my retirement randomly somebody from police and thank you reached out and i was like well this is exactly what my path is supposed to be and so fleece and thank you we we make fleece tie blankets for kids that are staying over at least one night in a michigan hospital um ideally uh, 20 years we want to change the view kids have going through cancer treatment it needs to be like disney world can't be like what adults see um I couldn't imagine being in a hospital for months, looking out that window and friends and everybody's passing you by. Um, Fleece and thank you will make sure that if they're looking out, they know the community's looking in. Um, but it's perspective. It's I, I, I was impacted because of working for 15 years to make the NBA. It took me to LA, it took me to that children's hospital I saw something that impacted me, and so now I made the decision to try and do my part. But again, if I was in my comfort zone, I, <clears throat> it just I would have never even known that that existed. Um, to walk in and deliver a blanket to kids that have wires and tubes and are so weak to even just gotta get out of bed, it's like well. I'll give up part of my life to to try and do something. Mm. Um, I just, you know, I couldn't sit by. Um, if something is within my reach or ability, um, you know, whatever it is, I, I want to help, even if it's just making a connection. Um, 
and we talk about it all the time. What if, what if everybody approached every interaction or situation on, all right, what value can I add? Not yeah. what can I get? Yeah. World would be a much better place. Um, I look at all these stupid, stupid videos on social media that, like, let's have a day where everybody makes a video of them going to do something for a nonprofit. And it's a, uh, it's unfortunate that people doing the good in the world is not front page news. It's not yeah. primetime um, media, uh, but that doesn't mean that those um, causes don't need us. And so um, it's just, it's just my mindset. If, if I can help, um, I want to, and help can mean a lot of things. Um, but, you know, we talk about it and you've, you've shared a lot of wisdom, you and Samantha, you know, my girlfriend and I, Caitlin, we do have a, a child. It's a four year old dog named Bane. Um, but it's a quality of life. It's being able to step back and then pour into your personal life because, you know, at home and you're, you're really your at home relationship. I mean, even though, Spouses aren't in the industry. They're a big part of our business because it's um, it's just it's all intertwined. And um, it, before you know, I met her. She she was involved in a million charities, like helping out. It's just hey, what what can we do? And I think everybody should wake up every single day. And hey, if the opportunity, or I'll create the opportunity. Let me go help somebody. Even if it's paying for a coffee, uh, somebody behind you. Because if somebody receives something, what are they going to do with that feeling? They're going to want to pass it on. Um, eventually, millions of people hopefully are reached. But again, if you have the if you have the opportunity or the ability, I think we have the responsibility. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a sort of ripple effect, right? I mean, I think two things. One is uh, we typically uh, find a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment and warmth in doing good things for others, right? In adding value, in being a fountain into someone's life. And so, uh, you know, Samantha and I discuss that often is like I, you know, people at times will say you you are very kind and generous in, in many situations, in many environments. And it, selfishly, I do that because it makes me feel good, right? I mean, it, it, I mean I'm not Pitbull. I'm not as handsome as him and I'm definitely not as uh, artistically talented as him. But he talks about, uh, he often speaks about how his desire for earning money is because he wants to then give it away and he finds great pleasure and fulfillment and goodness in being able to earn a great living and give a lot of it away and i really admire that right and so there's that and then there's the selfishness aspect of being uh, generous and abundant and giving things away. But then there's the ripple effect, right? When, when someone sees you make a blanket or 2,500 blankets or set world records in blanket making, um, when someone sees your organization do that, it inspires others to do something as well. Right. And I think that ripple effect is is super powerful. And, and we see it in our everyday lives and things as simple as teaching Ava and Atlas. I, I do not care where you are, what you are doing when the national anthem comes on. That is the only thing happening in that moment. And we see that at Little Caesars Arena all the time. Right. You're in the club. It's a privilege. It's a blessing to be in there everyone's eating drinking having great conversations enjoying it national anthem comes on two people stand up plus avon atlas but once they see them stand up guess what happens Everybody else does. 50 other grown people stand up because now they're like oh my gosh the children are standing up yes that's the right thing the right thing is always the right thing yeah no i think that and i've, I've seen it um and you know, you and Samantha teaching that 
when they have kids, I guarantee their kids are going to be standing up too, and that's the ripple effect. Um, but you brought up a good point about gratitude. I mean, as as powerful as our minds are to make us feel bad or that we're not doing the right things or that, you know, in, in a depressed state, um, and the, the counter to that is the more that we can look at the gratitude or what we're thankful for, you know, Tony Robbins talks about starting your day, 10 minutes, think about three things that you're, you're grateful for. That's a different way of going through your day. And guess what? If a situation arises where you can help someone else, you're more inclined to do that because you're, you're thinking about it. Um, just liking a post does not mean you're doing anything special in the world. You know, my posts are, I'm, I'm hoping somebody sees it and okay, let me skip the bar this weekend. Let me go put a hundred bucks into a, a charity or give my time. And it goes back to that's what I can control. I can control what I do. I can't control what everybody else does, but um, it's like the, the riot effect. If a lot of people are doing it, more people are going to join in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the more that that can get out in the world, um, I think the better. But again, we, we, we can only start with the micro wins and hopefully they yeah. turn into, you know, Midwest and U.S. and, you know, hopefully reaches around the world. I mean, just look with what's going on in Ukraine and with Russia. I mean, the world is behind what's going on in Ukraine. Ukraine is, you know, they were, they've been going through tough times for decades and decades. It's not just now, um, but the focus is there. And so if we can focus on the right things in the world, not political BS or somebody's power trip, but let's make causes, charities, or people that are giving their time, money, and energy, I guarantee the world would be different if you saw that every night on the news. Yeah, add value, right? Add value and be an advocate. Yeah. Um, So just really quick before we wrap up, because we're on the hour, or we've been on the hour, but... um, a decade-long basketball career. We we've chuckled before that it's it's what you did for nearly thirty years. It's the only thing you knew, which was play basketball since you were a little boy. Um, you've transitioned into a career that most would not think right that that would be the next chapter of your life, and yet you're you're committed to giving the next 30, 40 years of your life to this profession. What's one simple piece of advice that you would give to young professionals out there who are not inspired, not excited to grind and give their best on a daily basis because they're just in the wrong seat on the bus professionally? What piece of advice would you give those people in how they can go about finding something that they would be purposeful and passionate about devoting their life to? I'd say pick five individuals in your life that, or three, um, that you look up to, whether they know that or not, that seem to be or do or have what, what you want. Go take them out to coffee and ask them questions. Um, it will it will give a perspective of no this is what it takes to be successful not somebody opening a social media account and just trying to get followers Um, but also I I would challenge them right, why are you so upset what do you live in Rochester Hills Michigan what did uh, your Grubhub not was it not the right order Um, did you lose money betting on sports like it's hard to force perspective, but you can think about, okay, is this really, does this mean I'm not doing the right things or I'm not in a place I want? And then, okay, whose fault is it? What'd you do today? If you slept in and you flipped on Ozark on Netflix, well, who's, it's not Ozark's fault. Um, so we have to look inside ourselves. I mean, that's what, one thing coaches, after a loss, um, He's like, I'm going to look at myself first. 
And I guarantee it's probably something that we are doing or not doing that is causing us to either have or not have what we want. Yep. And stop thinking that success or your dreams comes with Amazon Prime. Um, you have to suffer for a decade at least just to have the opportunity to do what you want. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just, there is no secret sauce. So mm -hmm. I, I would say, unless you are in the middle of Ukraine or living on the streets, um, stop whining, stop putting yourself down. Nobody, uh, I forget who, who has this, nobody's coming for you. Nobody's coming to change this for you. Um, you, you have the ability, you have everything you want to be successful. You go to a career, they're going to teach you, they're going to train you. Um, take, take inventory of everything that you're doing. Nobody has more time in a day than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but I guarantee if, if the sun is beating you up, you're already doing the wrong thing, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Just start with getting up before the sun does mm -hmm. and read a book about somebody or something that you think you want to do and then do that tomorrow and then the next day. I think people just, they don't achieve what they want because they're not consistent. Uh, you've got to do it for not 10,000 hours. You've got to do it for 10 plus years. Um, and look, I mean, as much as I worked and put in for basketball, that's done. I'm going to be a non-athlete longer than an athlete and now – that's allowed me to create this career. Sure. Maybe this career allows me to impact sure. Fleece and Thank You or, you know, Pitbull is music. That's not his life. It allowed him to now do what's probably really uh, fulfilling for him. So it's not going to happen quick. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And I promise you, even when you achieve your dream, it's not going to be as amazing as you think. Uh, so fall in love with the daily the process. Disciplines, the process. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, achieving your dreams is not the amazing feeling. The amazing feeling was the journey and being able to do it. Once you reach and you retire, you can't do it anymore. So I'd say whatever it is, find what you, not what you want, but what you would enjoy or want to do every day. It's going to suck. Nobody's accomplished a dream without wanting to quit a million times. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say before you start blaming anybody or anything else, look at look at yourself. And if you can be honest with yourself, I guarantee there's a few things that you could do a little different each day. Yeah, I mean, I really like that. I like the idea of taking an honest, objective inventory of your situation, looking around you to see what your environment is and who you've surrounded yourself, right? We speak about auditing your circles often and the power in that, you know, birds of a feather flock together, never been a truer statement in life. Um, but I love the simple tactical advice you just gave about if you're not inspired, you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're not loving the view from the seat on the bus that you're on, you know, reach out to three to five people that you respect and admire that seem to be enjoying life in a way that you might also enjoy and ask them about their path, about their journey, about the lessons learned and about what they do, right? We often talk about the nobility of our profession. It's a calling, it's not a career. And uh, look, I just, you know, I always tip my hat to you, you know, less than three years into the business, it's become your calling. It's inspiring to see somebody like yourself go through the adversity you've been through in playing professional basketball, stick with it, have a decade long career, and now speak about chapter two as if it's going to be even better than chapter one, when chapter one is a life that less than 1% of the 1% ever get to have. So, Paul, I will say, as you know, it's a blessing and privilege. Our friendship is extremely special. It's a diamond in the rough. It rarely happens. And uh, so the fact that it's happened for us, I'm thankful for that. Uh, Paul Davis, Michigan's son. I don't even know where I came up with that. I just always say Paul Davis, Michigan's son, Rochester, Michigan State, Coach Izzo, 
uh, incredible legacy, 10 year, you know, decade long professional career. And literally you're on the verge of living your best life now. Well, I, I appreciate you for living that up to the first time we met because I, I, I didn't have no clue what the hell we did even when I committed, but I was like, all right, I like that guy. He's going to be up at 4 a.m. and up at midnight. Um, the blue suits and white shirts, that's what attracted you. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I get to wear my favorite color every day. But uh, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of people try to lead by talking, and I, I appreciate I appreciate you for seeing you every day leading by example. And I think that's all, all we can ask. Um, but yeah, you're right. The best is yet to come. And uh, good thing is Coach Rizzo can't yell at me anymore. So life's good. Appreciate it, brother. Great being with Thank you. Thank you.